I can add this to the list of thought I, things I never thought I would say from the platform. Um, there for a minute during those songs, I was starting to think I was kind of glad I was sitting next to my wife who had an oxygen tank. But anyway, um, <laughs> thanks you guys for being good sports. You know, that's always been one of the dilemmas in terms of what do you do with the day after Christmas? Because you understand, and I, and I get it, we haven't celebrated our Christmas yet. When we leave here, you're going to go home, change clothes, pack up the van, and, and go celebrate our family Christmas. I get it. I understand why this Sunday uh, attendance is light. But at the same time, you don't want to shortchange the people who do come and who do make the effort to be here, whose schedule allows it. Um, so... My default has been let's uh, let's have some fun. Uh, so before I jump into the message called "What Next," uh, just a question. Um, and if nobody wants to say anything, that's awesome. But did somebody receive a gift for Christmas that they just can't wait to tell somebody about? You're just going to explode if you don't tell somebody. Anybody? Tell me. Whoops! I don't have a microphone because I didn't have them turned on. Oh, I do. Wait. All right. I got it. Check, check, check. Find me. You rock, Spence. Wait, is he hiding? Yes. Well, well, tell Grandma, and then she can tell me. All right. Well, I, I won't look. You just, you just say it. I'm not looking. My Nerf gun. A Nerf gun. All right. Cool. My, my son-in-law gave my grandsons, who are 19 and 16. It's not a Nerf gun, but it's like a Nerf gun, but it shoots these little rubber balls. And he shot his son with it, and he got a welt, I mean, immediately. So he's taking them back because he knows they'll break stuff with it. All right, so hopefully his is a safe Nerf gun. Somebody else? Yes, Alicia. Tickets to see Hairspray in broad, on Broadway. Sweet. I'm, I'm happy for you. I really am. That would be a, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Somebody else had something? Anybody? All right, Paul. All right. I uh, got a blanket with uh, both my kids printed on it. Oh, sweet. All right. Cool. Right, on that note, we can't top that. All right. So that was just my my tip of my hat to the fact that it's, the day after Christmas. What's that? Millie, I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm coming, Millie. Will you talk? Will you, oh, no? Can you tell them say I got color and stuff? Just say it. Color and stuff? No? All right. I have that effect on most children. I'm just saying. All right. So, sorry. I didn't mean to thank you for calling that out. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit. Uh, uh, when did you start putting up Christmas decorations? How, how many of you decorated for Christmas? Okay, most of you. How many started uh, mid-November? All right, go ahead, raise that hand. Be proud of it. All right. Well, let me back up. How many never took them down? All right. Mid-November. All right. All right. How early? The first of November. Mid-November. All right. So how many didn't finish until you went home on Christmas Eve? 
All right, so somewhere in between. So here's the question. Today's December 26th. How many of you already started putting them away? Anybody? Okay, because that's part of what I wanted to say is I'm sometimes struck by how much time and energy we spend getting ready for Christmas and how quickly we move on when it's over. It's like the day after Christmas, it's December 26th. It was just yesterday. Do I preach a Christmas message? Do we sing Christmas songs or do we move on? I mean, when is it time to stop singing Christmas songs? And Kathleen shared her perspective. My perspective is a little different and I will just leave it at that. Uh, but uh, anyway, so, but, but we do move on quickly. Um, but, but I am curious is, what does the day after Christmas represent to you? And I encourage you to just think about that for a moment. For many people, the day after Christmas represents bringing a close to a very special season with lots of positive reflections of family and friends. And for others, it marks the close of a season of heightened spiritual sensitivity. And for still others, it symbolizes the end of a season of chaos, frenzied activity, financial pressures, and unmet expectations. Another way of putting it is the day after Christmas marks a return to normality. And again, some of you know I'm kind of on one end of the spectrum with regard to to that. But I, I don't know what possessed me, but I decided, and this will shock some of you, I decided to go shopping mid-afternoon on the 23rd. I don't know what, I, I mean, we didn't have a lot of groceries. I thought, I'll just zip in and zip out. And I pulled into the Myers parking lot. And when I couldn't find a spot, it should have been a clue. But I, I was going to look. I, I really, Diana, there was something she really wanted to eat. And I was, I was, I was going to bless her. I was going to find it because I didn't buy her anything for Christmas. And I thought I'll, I'll buy her some ciabatta bread. All right. I mean, that'll say I'll, I'll be, be great. And I, I'm in the parking lot and this lady is looking for a spot too. And she looks right at me and just pulls out in front of me, assuming that I'm going to stop. And I mentioned to Jason, I was on the border of losing my salvation. And I thought, I'm going to go home. I, I'm sorry. I love you, Diana. I stopped and bought her something at Arby's because that was easier. There was no line there. Uh, and, you know, so, <laughs> exactly. But, but what does the day after Christmas represent to you? And think with me for a moment about the first Christmas. What did the day after Christmas represent to some of those people that I've been talking about for the past month? I thought about... By the way, praise God, we have our projection system back. Hopefully you noticed it. Um, We're still figuring out how to use it, so I apologize. I was in yesterday trying to get my slides right. If it's not right... It's totally on me. It's not on Lori or anybody else. So uh, what next? What about the innkeeper? 
in Luke chapter 20, or excuse me, Luke chapter 2, verse 6, it says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And I thought about that, and I thought about the innkeeper. And I just found myself wondering if he had a clue what happened in that stable, in that house or that location where he housed his animals, if he had a clue what happened there the night before, did he see these shepherds showing up in the middle of the night and think, what's up with that? And I often wonder, and I think I talked about this one year, I often wonder if at some point in his life, if he was still living when Jesus began his earthly ministry, he began to hear rumblings about this, this Jesus person who was born in Bethlehem. If at some point the innkeeper, the light bulb went off and he thought, wow, I missed an opportunity. If I had had a clue, I would have given him my room. I would have kicked everybody else out of my house, and I would have made room for him. So as I think about the day after Christmas, and I think about the innkeeper and a missed opportunity, I would say for to, to us, the day after Christmas, the last Sunday of the year, is a perfect time to ask if we've missed anything this year that God had for us. And then decide what we will do the next time an opportunity comes our way. Because I have to believe if that shepherd had a clue, he would have done something different. The beauty of this is, even though we may have missed some with with Zechariah, most of us have a clue. Excuse me, all of us have a clue because you're here today. What opportunities have we missed? And what can we do not to miss any? Then again, I know I talked about it a lot, but the, the wise men, for them, the day after Christmas speaks of a new path. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The day after Christmas, the day after they encountered Christ, because I agree with what this, the slide said, probably wasn't the manger scene. But for the wise men... Their encounter with the Christ child prompted them to take a di- prompted them to take a different path. They chose to go home in a different way, and I think about that. And, and it's like every time we come to worship, we say we are encountering the presence and the spirit of the God of the universe. And I wonder how many times when we leave here, we take a different path home. We're different because we were there. Like the wise men challenged us with their example. For us, the day after Christmas, the last Sunday of the new year, is a perfect time to go before God in worship and ask him if we need to take a different path in the year ahead. Not that there's anything wrong with the path I've been on. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But does he have a different path for me the day after Christmas and in the coming year? Then again, I know I talked about it, but the shepherds, 
And to me, the day after Christmas for them represents a new calling. Uh, Again, I preached on it just a couple weeks ago. Verse 20 in Luke chapter 2. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds encountered something incredible. As I said on Christmas Eve, something miraculous. The angelic proclamation, the anthem of the heavenly host, and the newborn Messiah laying in a manger. And as they came away from this experience, they couldn't stop talking about it, and they couldn't stop praising God. For us, the day after Christmas, the last Sunday of a new year, is a perfect time to make a conscious choice to continue to be amazed, to continue to tell others about our encounter with the Christ of the manger, and to continue to desire to glorify and praise God. And then, of course, Mary and Joseph. A new beginning. Anybody else have the experience with your firstborn? Again, we were, we were really young, okay? And at least I was really clueless uh, with regard to babies and all of that stuff. I mean, Diana had at least taken care of kids before. I had seen a child before, uh, but that was about all I had. And I know some of you have had that same experience. There's that moment. Now, again, I mean, understand for us, because we're we have some years of experience, car seats were kind of a new thing then. Okay, but I still remember putting Nikki in the car seat and carrying her out to our Mercury Comet and figuring out how to strap her in and getting in. And Diane and I kind of looked at each other and said, This is for real. (laughs) Our lives are never going to be the same. Never. How I made it through her experiencing nine months of pregnancy and the light bulb never went off, that things were never going back to the way they were. And they still haven't. And they never will. The day after Christmas was clearly, unquestionably, a new beginning for Joseph and Mary. And I think there are some things we could learn from them. Luke 2.19, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The day after Christmas, Mary and Joseph, this says specifically Mary, but if Mary was there, trust me, Joseph was there, They chose to treasure the moments from the day before. The day after Christmas, they treasured the moments. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. Some days they treasured them more than others because Jesus was fully divine, but he was fully human. And if you've dealt with an infant fully human, you know there are those moments, all right? But they treasured them. And I think for us, the day after Christmas is a good reminder to treasure the moments, the good, the not so good, and the just plain reality of life. Luke chapter twenty or chapter two, 
verses 21 through 24. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, and the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, <clears throat> Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present, pre- present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what was said in the law of the Lord, excuse me, the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or, excuse me, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And let me see. Whoops, I went too far. There we go. I put that in there because the day after Christmas, Joseph and Mary, and in the days to follow, Joseph and Mary chose to maintain their spiritual priorities just as they did in the days leading up to Christmas. And again, that's a challenge to us. They did what they were supposed to do based on their spiritual training to the best of their knowledge and as they understood it. And I think for us, the day after Christmas, that's, I mean, awesome. We, we had a great service Christmas Eve. It was just, and, and the weeks leading up to it have been great. But we do start a new year. And we need to continue to honor those things that help to make Christmas great. And then I already hinted at this one. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. As they took him to the temple to, to consecrate him as they were instructed to do in their tradition, uh, people said some pretty amazing things and they marveled over what was said about him. And again, I, I would just say again, they marveled over him in the ordinary as well as in the extraordinary. And the day after Christmas is kind of a good reminder for us to marvel over the ordinary and the not so ordinary. And then verses 39 through 40, 41, excuse me. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. The day after Christmas, and the day after that, and the day after that, they cultivated a lifestyle of obedience and spiritual discipline that extended beyond the holidays and permeated every aspect of their lives. So, been hinting at this all throughout Advent. What next? Each year around the holidays, and, and I'm, not, I'm not bashing it, I'm not criticizing people with the yard signs, but every year around the Christmas holidays, there's, there's talk about keeping Christ in Christmas. And that is a sentiment I appreciate deeply. However, I would contend that the day after Christmas is a perfect time to allow the players of the original Christmas story to challenge us to pursue Christ every day with the attentiveness that we do leading up to the celebration of Christmas. I often think perhaps a better yard sign would be keeping Christ in today, not keeping Christ in Christmas. If you market that, I just want a piece of the action. I'm just saying, all right? But seriously, we all need to be equally concerned with keeping Christ in Monday and keeping Christ in Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. 
and Christmas and Easter and just some random Sunday in the middle of the month every day. To them, the day after Christmas didn't represent the end of something, but rather the beginning, which is exactly what it should represent to us each and every year. Yes, we're going to pack up our stuff and put it away. We're going to move on and, and get back to whatever normal is. But the essence of what it represents, what it represented to those in the first Christmas story, isn't going to go away. It should be there every day. And that's what's next on the day after Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father, I do thank you for a special season, a special time of year like the Christmas holidays. I thank you for all that it represents. I thank you for the transformation that it speaks of. And I thank you, Father, that it doesn't stop just because the calendar turns a page. And so, Father, I ask that you would help each and every one of us to think a little bit about what's next for us and how what we've been celebrating as we anticipate and approach and honor the birth of Christ will continue to impact every day moving forward. We thank you and we praise you, Father. Amen.